you were about to enter. Chuck versus the podcast. The only show that takes you behind the scenes with the stars. Yvonne Strahovski. Zachary Levi. Joshua Gomez. Ryan McPartland. Adam Baldwin. Sarah Lancaster. Contests. We are giving away a Chuck press kit. The directors. Jason Enzo. Norman Buckley. The guest stars. Steve Austin. Kristen Griff. Conventions. Lights come up and here comes Jeffster out on stage. Set visits. This is the guy right here. And much more. Are you ready? This is Gray. This is Mel. This is Liz. And we want to welcome you to Chuck versus the Podcast, episode 85 for Thursday, March 24th, 2011. We have a new episode, a murderous episode of Chuck to discuss, plus Liz's adventures with the Chuck cast in Chicago. I like the sound of adventures. That's going to be pretty fun. Um, but uh, first, we got to get the news out of the way. And we have a big elephant in the room, and that is that the ratings are in for this week's episode of Chuck, and it has slipped 6% down to 1.5 adults, 18 to 49. That's a number we have not seen yet. Uh, that was approximately 4.32 million viewers before we all just pass out and fall down and all that sort of thing. Everything was down last night across the board, even... And we, we did warn that this, this was coming. Dances, Dancing with the Stars is always a juggernaut that affects Chuck. And Dancing with the Stars premiered 20% less than last spring's audience. And just let me break that down. When you're expecting 27 million people and you only get 22, Five million people makes a big, big difference. They were down five million people from last spring's audience. Uh, to put that in perspective, that's more people than actually watched Chuck the whole night. Um, yeah. So, ouch. And also in the 8 p.m. time slot, House was down 3%. How I Met Your Mother dipped 15%. Um, Harry's Law later on was down to 1.6. Uh, the event was only 1.2, which is abysmal. Um so it looks like people just didn't watch TV last night. I mean, that's crazy. I know, I know it's, uh, I mean, it's officially spring. And so I guess spring has sprung and people aren't watching TV. But I, I, I do know that everybody's looking to us. We had a lot of comments on Twitter that we wanted, uh, that people wanted us to, um, dig a little bit and, and explain a few things. I, I do want to mention, um, a big factor is that there was an exemption in Florida. Um, where there was a certain part of, of Florida that they didn't get to watch Chuck. And we do know for sure that at least one Nielsen family was, was affected by that. And that could easily have been the difference. The way Nielsen numbers work, that could have been what made the 1.5, not a 1.6 already. Um, the Cape is gone. The event is sure to go with a 1.2. Harry's Law at 1.6 in its first season. Um, despite not being against Dancing with the Stars, um, I mean, these shows are not performing well. And, uh, and so as, as much as Chuck seems like it's in, in dangerous territory, which it is, and we, and we won't, um, pretend that it's not, but NBC is in a position where it's lost undercovers. It's lost the cape. Um, it's lost its big show heroes from a couple of years ago. Um, it's, 
it's got to basically bring a whole pile of new shows in all at once this fall. And the closest thing to an anchor that it's got is Chuck. So we're, we're really, really hoping, despite the fact that it's, it's a, it's a little weaker than we'd like, that NBC would keep it. Um, and, and, and we were talking a little bit before, uh, before the podcast about the fact that everybody's wondering why NBC isn't promoting Chuck more. Well, maybe that's all it wants it to be. Maybe, maybe they just want Chuck to be that anchor and they, they just, they don't want to put any more money promotionally into it when they're just counting on it to be an anchor for Monday night. I mean, I, I'm wondering what else could they put against Dancing with the Stars and perform better? Um, and, and the other thing we always have to remember is it's NBC. It's not ABC. It's not Fox. NBC, um, Chuck is a, is a bigger fish in a smaller pond. Um, but that, all that stuff said, it is a 1.5, hopefully a w- back to 1.6 or 1.7, uh, next time, which is two weeks time. I want to remind you, um, we do want to address something that I was just feeling from Twitter. Somebody on, said on, on Twitter, since I'm not a Nielsen family, what does it matter if I watch live? Um, I've also seen a number of people that, that are scared about this 1.5 and perhaps a little skeptical that we can rebound to the point we need to, need to be at. But there is stuff that we can do and we can make a difference. And a lot of it is just traffic. The way uh, a lot of these, I mean, the way I picture these Nielsen families is, is some are just swaying between shows and, and, uh, and when they see a lot of Twitter traffic or they see a lot of traffic on Facebook about something exciting, it makes them want to watch it. There's a whole bunch of Facebook traffic that says, Hey, Chuck is on. Oh my God. Look what just happened. Well, if they're on Twitter or Facebook, they're going to switch channels over to Chuck because they're, they just saw that something exciting happened. Well, that's not going to happen if you've DVR'd the show and you're watching later. So even though you're not a Nielsen family, the fact that you're watching and tweeting about it and keeping up that traffic, it can make a difference. And like I said before, it might just take one Nielsen family to, to sway that number. Another thing, we've been talking about reward TV and the postcards and other ways of supporting advertisers. We have seen Subway enter the building and when they exit, there's a renewal. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they were involved in the discussions with the network right up to the last minute last year. Um, and we've, we've seen that they've been a major, major part of the show this year. I mean, pretty major part. Um, but it might just take one or two of these advertisers to make the difference. Um, Chuck is not defined by the regular ratings rules. We've seen that it's not. And so, absolutely, we need to keep up our efforts. Um, Hulu, best in show, keep voting. Uh, let's make sure Chuck is on top in, in, in that um, competition. And, uh, and let's keep that traffic up. Um, you're doing a great job, and let's just, just keep doing it. And along those lines, we wanted to mention that the folks over at WeGiveACheck.com have launched a new renewal initiative that does target Chuck's advertisers. You may remember that we were talking about that um, a couple of weeks ago in our renewal and ratings podcast. And it's an important part of getting this, um, the season five. Uh, what they've, they're doing, it's a pretty simple concept. You're just sending a thank you postcard to um, the advertisers that are listed, contact info is provided. They're just targeting two each week. And this is to give the advertisers a clearer idea of just how many people their message is reaching. Outside of that Nielsen rating, 
they're, you know, we want them to know I'm not a Nielsen family, but I saw your product on the show mm-hmm. and thanks for supporting Chuck and just giving them a, a better idea of how many people are seeing their product on the show and what kind of a return they're actually getting for their advertising dollars. And even better, international fans can participate in this. Um, they we're, we're encouraging people. We give a check.com is encouraging international fans to drop a postcard, maybe with a photo of your hometown or at least uh, of your, your country so that they can get a visual of where all they're reaching throughout the world and see that this is a global show. Mm-hmm. So, this week's targets are Cloud B and Tide, and you can get the scoop on all of that at wegivecheck.com. And, of course, Cloud B is the makers of the Sleep Sheeps, and we want to remind you that through the month of March, you can get a 50% discount code on that Sleep Sheep for get one of your for your very own or to give to somebody that's got a new baby on the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't forget, you can enter to win a DeBlob 2 t-shirt from THQ that was seen on Chuck in episode uh, uh, Chuck versus the Gobbler. In 412. So stop by checktv.net for more information on both of those initiatives. But we do encourage you to do the uh, postcard to the advertisers. Again, this week it's Cloud B and Tide. Internationally speaking, um, Chuck is back on the UK TV on March 31st, Sky Living HD. C2E2. <laughs> Can I talk about that now? Absolutely. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds Star Warsian. Uh huh. Very much so. <laughs> Well, it it was definitely tons of fun. Um, it was everything that you expect a Chuck panel to be. Everything that Mel has talked about before from Comic-Con and um, Paley or um, whatever other event that she's been able to go and see them. I finally got in. <laughs> so excited. So um, the panel consisted of Chris Fedak, who I adore now that I've met him face to face. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vic Sahai and Scott Krinsky were also there. Um, Scott was looking a little under the weather. He had been shooting since three o'clock that morning and then, um, had to catch the plane at six o'clock to come into Chicago. So he hadn't gotten any sleep. Wow. So he was a little, he was a little red around the eyes <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, a little, a little on the low key side, but, um, Ryan McPartland and of course Joshua Gomez also um, finished off, rounded off the panel. So you know a lot of shenanigans. Oh, and it was moderated by Mo Ryan. Mm. And I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I knew she was in trouble after she introduced the panel. They all came out and she asked one question, and I don't think she was able to get much of a word in edgewise after that. she just um she just and i i actually met her afterwards and and i said you know mo you did a great job and she said i was so nervous but i knew that all i had to do was ask a few questions and they'd just be off and running and they certainly did Mm -hmm. (laughs) um there was a lot of banter going on not much new information was given there was a lot of goofing around and chuckling through chuckling (laughs) Uh through um the evening they started us off with a clip uh, kind of a montage of all seasons up to bringing us up to now from season one, from mm-hmm. when, you know, that first opening scene with Chuck and Morgan, uh, the first time Chuck and Sarah meet 
and their relationship as it developed throughout the seasons, Casey's development, Morgan's development, Jeffster's development, everything, all the highlights, all your favorites um, they put into this montage and it was actually very well done. Um, so uh, we, had, we had a lot of fun with that. And then they brought the panel out and started shooting off questions. Um, I just kind of jotted down some highlights. Um, yeah, of course, the first thing everybody started teasing about was Ryan McPartland. They, everybody wanted him to take his shirt off right away. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> and he made like he was going to, and everybody started cheering, and he said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. So uh-huh. it was not that kind of a panel. <laughs> <laughs> um he let us know that Ellie is going to be getting into a lot of trouble with mm. that laptop, mm-hmm. which I don't think that's a spoiler for anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, I don't know how much of this I'm going to be able to tell you guys. <laughs> I don't know how much of this is going to be spoilery or not, but we'll just go along. And I don't well, why, why don't we just say minor spoiler warning? Minor spoiler warning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Spoilers yeah. herein. How do you pronounce that? Herein. 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 It's one of those words I've only seen on the page and I've never actually spoken. Yeah. It's possible. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was mostly just fun tidbit-like questions. Chris Fedak was asked what his dream guest star would be that that they haven't had on Chuck yet. And um, he said anybody from the Star Trek world. He named William Shatner in particular, but he mm-hmm. understands that he's busy right now on another show. <laughs> um, but uh, he would definitely want anybody from the Star Trek world to come on to Chuck. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll which, see. which actually, um, I might actually get a chance to work with William Shatner. Um, I saw that. Yeah, uh, really, really interesting. By the time, uh, by the end of the week, anyway, I'm supposed to hear. On a show, it's, he just narrates the show, but still, it'd be pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Good for you, geek cred. Yep. Uh, he's 80 years old today, by the way. Unbelievable. Isn't that something? And what yeah. did your uh, your sister say about that, Liz? Did she say? What did she say? It was so funny. That his hailing frequencies are still open? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she put that on her Facebook page. I cracked uh-huh. me up. So... William Shatner. Don't know if we'll ever see him on Chuck, but you never know mm-hmm. who else could show up. Dream song performed by Jeffster for Chuck and Sarah's wedding. Um, they pretty much all agreed that Faithfully by Journey would be something Aww. that they'd all like mm-hmm. to see. And something by Susan Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I would was- like to see Vic tackle that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Vic and Jeff and Lester, um, Chris Fedek said that it was not likely that they were going to find out about Spy Chuck. Mm. It was not in his plans um, or what goes on behind the scenes, really what really goes on at the Buy More. Um, Chuck, Chuck or Jeff and Lester are reminders for Chuck of a real world, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, it, they're kind of... Um, keep chuck grounded in you know the here and now uh-huh. um, if you know what i mean he i kind of got what he was saying but being that it was jeff and lester i was like really <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> grounded in reality hmm. that just um, tells you how 
surreal Chuck's life is, right? <laughs> if Jeff and Lester are the reality. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but FedEx did say that other people will find out about Chuck. Mm. Yeah, more people will. So I don't know. Well, who's left? Big Mike, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Ellie, I guess that he's back in the game. Yeah, but that's not really finding out. No. So I, I'm, I think it would. I mean, who else could it be? I don't know. I mean, Alex yeah. knows, obviously. Right. I don't know what he meant by that, but yeah. you know, unless it was just you know Chris Fedek being Chris Fedek. Mm-hmm. Oh, Chris. <laughs> Mess with us. Uh, yes, he obviously liked to play. That mm-hmm. was very. Um, he revealed something else that we already knew. The next few episodes were going to be epic. And <laughs> <laughs> truly epic. They were, they were going to be just jam-packed with so much stuff. And mm-hmm. But will there be any game changers? I don't know. In know. fact, in fact, judging by what he said to us in the press room later, there may or may not even be a wedding this season. Oh, uh, I think I think he's just playing with us, but yeah, uh, I think so. I know. I think he. I think he is too. But um, that would be something that would really. Yeah, watch your back, Fedak. If that doesn't happen, <laughs> if there's no wedding in the finale. Oh man, it's gonna be a long you know, summer. But you know, he did say he did tell us that it was always his intention. Him and the writers and um, um, Josh Schwartz. It was always their intention to put Sarah and Chuck together, which I found very interesting. Hmm. It it was always in the cards. It was always meant to be. And when it finally happened, they they what they were hoping for was kind of a Nick and Nora type thing, which yeah, worked. I can see that. And and I loved it when he said that because yes, it can work if it's like that, you know, mm-hmm. or like or like um what's another good example of you know, married couples being in the um, detect detection. Oh, heart to heart for crying mm-hmm. out loud. He brought that up. Um, I could see that. Mm-hmm. So I think he's just playing. I think he was just playing with us as far as the wedding. Yeah. And, and he did say that it, that it, you know, it was this season that there may or not be a wedding. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's one of the cliffhangers. Oh, that would be really, really nasty. It would be. (laughs) (laughs) It would be, but it would bring you back, wouldn't it? That's true. (laughs) Oh, um, let's see. Uh, Oh, um, we know that Gary Cole is coming back, of course, as Sarah's dad. So somebody asked Chris if there was, we were going to see Sarah's mom. The answer to that is no. Hmm. We are not going to see her this This season. season. This season. Hmm. Right. He didn't even go on to say about next season. Um, he said that right now um, it'll be enough that her dad's her dad's around. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, let's see. Other favorite scenes from other seasons. Ryan McPartland said that he loved the Pulp Fiction homage. That was his fave. And, of course, diaper duty. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, Josh's favorite was going to Iran and swinging on cables and of the Han and Chewie split up. Uh Aww. Yes. Vic Sahai said that his favorite was Push It. Oh. (laughs) Scott Krinsky said he loved the opening episode of this season where he and 
you know, oh. Lester were living out of their van and on the uh-huh. run. Mm-hmm. He just thought that that was just the craziest, most wonderful thing. And he loved it. He would like to have had that go on. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, about the Buy More. Somebody asked if the Buy More was going to get blown up again. And Chris Fedex said, nope, Buy More is here to stay. They need it. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect cover. Um, will there be a love interest for Casey? Something new? Probably not. But Casey's already had a love interest with the with Alex's mom and they're mm. going to get a little bit more into that story mm. so we'll see what comes out of that um, Josh was talking about a scene that they just finished filming recently um, that was the bachelor party for Chuck and they were filming in the woods and all the boys of Chuck were there Big Mike, Jeff and Lester everybody was there hmm. in the woods in the woods and <laughs> that and cannot end well what, uh-huh. turned, what started out to be something really great and really fun and a great bachelor party of course being Chuck everything goes crazy something happens, everything goes crazy I think it's going to be fun to watch for they didn't tell us what was going to happen but do you think it's an actual bear this time (laughs) (laughs) you know awesome will have to go actually try to convince ellie that about a real bear attack that would be funny that would be a polar bear that would be funny (laughs) poor ellie um a fan asked chris fedak if he had given any thought to a chuck versus the comic-con and he said, I have thought about it, just haven't done it yet. <laughs> Boy, that'd be expensive. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. They've been asking about that since season one. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel asking. Yeah. I think the poster in Chuck's room is all we're going to get. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. Um, but Fedak did say that if he does do it, he's going to take all the credit for it, the idea. a <laughs> <laughs> boy. Also, a fan asked, is Bryce Larkin going to come back in any way? And Fedak says, you know, he's, Matt Bomer's a busy guy. He's on a really successful show, of course. We all know that. If he comes back at all, it could be in a flashback. Other than that, he said, pretty much Bryce Larkin is mostly dead. (laughs) (laughs) I like the uh, Princess Bride reference there. Mm Um, then they were asked, they were all asked who they would like to, which character they would like to be, would they like to play if they had the chance to. And Ryan said he'd love to play Morgan Grimes. (laughs) 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 Scott Christie said he'd love to have the six pack to play awesome. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Which I thought was pretty funny. Um, also, Chris Vidak said that he'd like to have Bruce Campbell as a guest star hmm. on Chuck. And he often talks with um, Matt Nix, Burn Notice creator. And he just, he has to really control himself and stop himself from begging Matt to let Bruce yeah. on the show. And he says it may resort to that one time. I don't know. I could do without personally. Yeah. Hmm. Liz and I have a bad experience with Bruce, so I, I we're, we're fine if he doesn't appear on Chuck. Hmm. Yeah, it's not a big deal to me. Um, he does have a big cult following, though. So yeah, yeah, you know what? For the sake of ratings, yeah, they might want to reconsider that. Yeah, I could deal but, with it. And he might do it too, you mm-hmm. know. But 
like I said, he, he, you know, FedEx said it would take some begging on his part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but you know, we've met Matt Nix. He's a pretty nice guy. He's a good guy. Mm -hmm. I like to see Matt Nix on the show, but I don't I think he'd draw quite as many viewers as Chris Campbell. Yeah. So <laughs> I'd like to see Matt Nix. Yeah. yeah. What about Ian Summer Summerhalder? Uh, yes, please. Yeah. Yes. yes, please. Thank you. Let's do that. <laughs> Dear Chris Fedek, please call <laughs> Kevin Williamson yeah. and do some begging there. So that pretty much wraps up the panel. Like I said, there wasn't a whole lot forthcoming. Um, nothing that we haven't already heard. Um, and, uh, you know, except a few things here and there. And, you know, the goofing around, the press afterwards was pretty rushed, um, but it wasn't chaotic because it was fairly small. Uh, mm -hmm. Chicago convention, you know, this is a convention that the word hasn't really spread. Um, it, it's, it's really, it's an expo that really hasn't really incorporated television a whole lot. It's mostly, this is pretty focused on anime and comics. So. Mm -hmm. Um, they are just beginning, I think, to dig, dip their toes in the, you know, television film. Um, so it's not huge yet. So press room was pretty small. Um, we had, uh, Vic and Scott first. And like I said, per, poor Scott, I felt so bad for him. He was so tired. He looked so out of it, but he was a trooper. Um, and, you know, they sat down. Of course, you know, there's, there's never anything like that where, Vic doesn't take over. Uh huh. True. You know, he's, he's wonderful that way. You just pretty much just sit there and prop up your feet and grab a bag of popcorn and let him go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and pretty much everybody kind of felt that way. Um, we did introduce ourselves and they recognized me right away from the podcast and from when Mel and I met them at the Wired party last year. Oh, cool. Wow. They remember that, huh? That's what they remembered. Yeah. Both of them. Wow, I'm impressed. They were uh, not sober. <laughs> so, props they to them. Uh -huh. Remembered. So, uh, it was fun. They were fun. It didn't reveal anything too much. Most of it was talk about, you know, Chicago. What have you seen? Which was pretty much nothing. <laughs> um, Chris Fedak also recognized me from the podcast. Which mm -hmm. I... I just love it because mm -hmm. yeah, I like it that they they watch. I sort of like it. <laughs> <laughs> now she's getting nervous. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm very nervous. I this is probably the most talking I've ever done on one of these. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, um, that's pretty much it. There's really nothing else. Oh, Ryan McPartland's family came. Oh, cool. Oh, part of the audience because he's a Chicago boy mm -hmm. and his family was there and they came in the press room. So uh, when Josh, I actually got to ask Joshua Gomez the question that we had talked about, I think the last podcast or the one before that, about the differences between Morgan and Anna and then Morgan and Alex. Mm -hmm. Oh, relationships. So he kind of um, went on a little bit about that and pretty much echoed what I, what we had talked about, what we, um, you know, summed up is the, you know, just the differences being uh, Morgan and Anna were, Morgan was pretty childlike at the time that he was dating Anna and Anna was kind of kooky in her own sense, just as kooky as he was. And, and now here you have um, Alex who is more mature and would fit better with a more mature Morgan Grimes. So 
that was that I it, it answered my question. It's what I wanted to know. And but while he was talking about that, you know, Ryan's family came in behind him and there was all this stuff going on behind you know Gomez and he's like man he's always stealing my thunder (laughs) (laughs) but the two of them yeah we love you Josh Mm -hmm. they you know they're they're a great cast because they really they really do love each other you could see that and Mm -hmm. the banter that goes on it's like watching a family from from Chris Fiedek on the on down the line Um, it's a family up there and you get that um, there was a lot of teasing from Vic Sahai about the fact that Jeff and Lester don't have much screen time on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a lot of banter going back and forth between them and Chris Fedak. Uh-huh. So, um, it was just fun that way. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's about it. Very cool. Oh, and Ryan McPartland, Cub fan. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <gasps> And so we're going to run those uh, press room interviews. Mm-hmm. Cool. You ready to do that now? Yeah. Cool. Then let's roll them. My big question okay. that I've wondered for a long time with the show is the decision to bring Chuck and Sarah together. Sure. How, how, did it, how, how did you make reach that decision and what were the arguments that happened in house about the pros and cons? Well, the pros and cons, I mean, listen, when you have a show that's a one day relationship, you know, that's a giant important thing to, the, to your show. It's kind of like you, you have a spy show, you have action, you have comedy, and then you have the romance. And, um, and for us, we were, you know, from the get-go, we kind of, like, watching the pilot, you can see that Levon and Zach were fantastic together. To the extent that there was a whole character we lost from the pilot because you didn't want to see Zach with anybody else. So, I'm sorry, I'm shaking. Uh, but uh, it's, because the pod, it's because the podcast is here. Uh, um, so, what happens is that, you know, that's something that we, were, you know, we began to obsess over quite a bit. And um, uh, we really kind of focused season one and season two um, around that dynamic. And then going into season three, season three was always going to be designed with the fact that we were going to put Chuck and Sarah together at the end of it. From a story perspective, we kind of built the season that way. We also only had 13, we thought we would be in order for 13 episodes. Being the Chuck show, we thought we would you know, have 13 episodes. So we built a very tight kind of structured story you know, that kind of led to Chuck and Sarah in Paris. And then they together at the end, and, um, and so that was kind of like the model, the structure. Now, once we got ordered for more episodes, that's when you kind of like ask you as a television producer, you ask you, like, okay, do we still want to put them together? Because like you know, you think about like all the classes, it's kind of like a math and science type of equation. You have moonlighting, you have bones, you have the the, the, the supernatural brother, brother relationship. You get all of that. But no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I can't, I can't, I can't. Um, I, I lost the website. No, but, but I think that the, you know, you know, or Doctor Who, whatever you're thinking about, like, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a thing you really kind of, you know, you're trying to figure out where you're going to, you know, to do something. So, but we decided that we, we, we really wanted to do it in episode 13 of season three, so we did it there. And I think that that was great for us because we also knew we had a secret weapon, which was Zach and it's exactly the we're only great at just looking at each other longingly. They're actually really funny and fantastic together. So we put them together knowing that we had something great and that the Nick and Nora, the kind of you know, heart-to-heart dynamic would work on our show. And so going forward, that was, you know, that was, a, that was we, when we were working on Honeymooners, we knew Honeymooners, the four, episode 14 of that season, it was like, this will be the most important episode of the show. 
because we can put them together, but how do we sell them being together? And it was, you know, it was great. It was one of our best episodes. I like the Nick and Nora reference. That's perfect. Oh, it does work. Yeah, oh, they're, they're wonderful. They're wonderful. And Zach and Yvonne is like really, it's like we've tricked movie stars into doing this TV show, and they're just so good at it. And um, uh, and Yvonne is like, and Yvonne is like not only somebody I was just talking to, to Yvonne the other day. She's also a very funny comic actress, and. And that allowing her and Zach to work together as a team, but not simply be just you know kind of like you know conflicted lovers, is um, is great for the show. So, uh, so yes, that's the long answer to a very simple question. We knew we knew in episode thirteen of season three they would be together, but then we thought we'd quickly be off the air. Lo and behold, here we are. All right, writers and directors of episodes four, nineteen. You want writers and directors? Yes. That's a dry question. Four nineteen, which you. Four nineteen, which comes up this Monday, is Alex Katz Nelson and Kristen Newman, and it's directed by Alan Craker. It's a murder mystery called Chuck Visses the Murder. <laughs> Katz Nelson's new. He's actually coming over from from, from uh, um, Undercovers, and he's um, uh, he's a um, uh, he's a really talented young writer. Kristen Newman's a new writer to the show this year as well. She's written Chuck Versus Phase Three, and she's wonderful. Um, and. Uh, we have a lot of new writers on the show this year, which has been great. Um, and the um, uh, episode 20 will be, um, uh, episode 20 is Chuck versus the family of Volkov. And with the return of Alexei Volkov to the show. Um, and um, as well as Lauren Cohan as um, uh, Vivian Volkov. And that is written by Nick Wooten and another new writer, through the new writer who's been our writer's assistant, um, Amanda K. Schumann. And she's great. And it's a great episode. We're working on that one now. And 21, I'm sorry, so yeah. Well, speaking of writers, is there any slight chance that Allie Allen would come back? Right. I would love to have Allie come back. Sorry. You're, you're asking me specifically for this season. For this season. Oh. wedding. You know what's going to no, unfortunately, I am writing. You know, so I'm, I'm, no, a, I, I'm, I'm writing a, the finale episode, the finale episode, which may or may not have a wedding in it. May or may not. Oh, Chris. <laughs> you don't have to say that. No, it's, 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 it's fine. That's fine. So she left me. We still love her. Oh, I love her. I would, love, I would love her. She's fantastic. She's done fantastic work over at Underworld uh, Family, and um, uh, she's just a wonderful writer. It's so important to the show. Um, but uh, but yeah, unfortunately, I'm writing um, uh, the finale with that, which may or may not have a wedding. Okay. Uh, are, are you waiting for information about season five before you finish? No, I'm not going to come in time. If I was a smart producer, I might do that. <laughs> I might actually think, you know, I will ask and see what's going to happen next. And what we always do is we write the most exciting, crazy thing you can imagine, and then we just do that. So we just we're going to tell the biggest, most exciting story we can imagine. We're going to do it. Um, I'm writing with them, uh, Nick Moore. and um, uh, and, uh, and uh, it should, it, it, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be big. It's going to be outrageous. And, and we'll have yes. Wait. That's what that's that's my job here. Give me stress and anxiety. Yeah. Well, why would you want an ending? God forbid that a show's ever have an ending. Endings are no fun. You want Humphrey Bogart and Claude Rains and comparing my show to Castle Lincoln. Going off into the into the fog. Yeah. You all always. I mean, no, I'm not going to promise you anything. It might be a terrible. Thing. It might be one of those ones that kind of rips your guts out. You know, that's. No. Do you have my phone? Okay. Maybe. So you said there may or may not be a wedding, but it'll be a wedding song. Will there be a wedding song? Me in regard to like a, you know, 
Well, you know what's funny? Yeah, you know, I love Jester, but there's something that I've been kind of, you know, what I'd like to do is I'd like to focus on their other obsession, which you may not have known of, which is that they're amateur filmmakers. Um, so we, you know, we're getting into the um, uh, into the filmmaking business as these two young auteurs, you know, will uh, mature <laughs> in front of us. Um, so I'm, uh, I am, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm, uh, yeah, we have new things for Jeff and Lester. Um, I feel like they're behind. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, but Jeff and Lester, and hopefully it'll be. Um, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But, um, you mean, you know, what, what did I do? What did I say wrong? Nothing, nothing. Yeah. If I can sneak it in, I'll probably yeah. figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of spy shows. They can do whatever they want in the spy mission because they have the whole line to balance yeah. right. The audience back to it. Um, the spy life is invading. That is like, are you worried about that dynamic? Getting shifted or? I'm always worried about that dynamic from the, you know, just me as the writer of the show. However, um, that's certainly happening, and big things are about to change in the show. You know, things that have been ruled for a long time. And um, uh, it's not like a time travel show where you can go back in time and kind of pick to you know, retcon the whole kind of situation. Things are about to change for the show, and I think they're going to change in an interesting way. And that's been the fun of our show. We've always just kind of pushed it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's try it. Let's make it happen because, like, you never know what tomorrow's going to be. Well, we, I, you know, it's funny. It's like we, we, we thought a lot about Sean. I'd love to bring Jordana and um, and um, uh, back to the show. And and um, and, and, um, and uh, Shaw was such a great villain. I'd love to see that. You know, we've done prisons. I'd love to see Shaw's prison cell. Figure out what's going on. Yeah, it'd be so much fun. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, he's That'd be great. great. He's a great bad guy. But um, uh, you know, it's um, it's fun. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Oh man, I was just so happy when I heard Chicago. It's like immediately my energy got up, and I made sure that this guy was coming. I've been talking about Chicago nonstop. He's like, I'm a Jersey guy. Yeah, I can't be like Jersey, you know. I was like, That's what I sound like. No, you sound worse than that. But <laughs> but anyhow, yeah, I, I just love being home. I haven't been because we came literally from the airport to the hotel here. And I saw Portillo's delivery truck. I go, hey, there's Portillo's right there. We're going to try and get it on the way out. Where in the world did you find that Captain Morgan statue? The Captain Morgan statue. We were, we, were, we were on break last night. We were driving around Burbank, funny enough. And when you pointed it out, we go, we got to take a picture. Pulled over. It's some random. He's on, the, on his phone taking a picture. He goes, what? And he's like, who are these guys? Questions? Okay, I have, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not for you. Oh. How do you feel about being put in the uh, in the position of being the heart of the show after a couple of seasons of being on the perfect? Because it seems to me that in the first couple of seasons, Chuck worked because 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 Chuck was a character was was the audience, and now and as we were talking about this at the panel, now you are. Was that something that you knew was coming, or um, and plus and, and, and related to 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 Brian's uh, uh, character? Yeah, I, I think that. Um, bring it around to me. Yeah, you can bring the answer around. I always, you know, I always. You know, the interesting thing with Morgan was in the beginning, it was a tough position to be in because he was this. He, he was Chuck's best friend. 
But as far as the audience was concerned, he was just another distraction from this guy who was thrust in this position and is ultimately trying to save the world every day. And then he's got some some creepy bearded kid coming up, trying to you know uh, with like some video game problem. And it was a tough you know I think for the audience it was like oh would you leave the guy alone? He's trying to say I know that's what's your big problem. But yeah. Oh, stop me. I am the audience. Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> And so it was, um, but I always knew that he was, uh, you know, at the, at the heart of the character was a really sweet, loyal friend um, who very much cared about, his fr- uh, cared about his friend, cared about his friend's family, because it was probably uh, his family, um, ultimately. And um, so when, we, when Chris and I spoke about it and where the character was going to go and that it was going to open up into that, uh, you know, into those roads, um, you know, we, I was delighted, and uh, I didn't know exactly where it was going to go. I didn't know I'd be going on missions with Casey to Iran. Iraq. Did we decide which one it was? I forget. Iraq. Iraq. Um, Iran. Was Iran? Yeah. Once this goes live, we'll find out. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it's, um, but no, it's, I've, I've, I've been having a blast. And, and the same thing, you know, and, and, and honestly, to bring it back around, um, that was kind of their responsibility a bit too, I think, was Austin Minnelli's role of, of keeping it grounded, being the heart, being the family. Um, and that was the thing, uh, speaking on the panel, I think Chris uh, said, spoke to, um, that I was going to speak to, by the way, so you know, if I was going to say something very, really sweet about it. Just remember that later when you're buying drinks. Um, that, I want to hear it first. Yeah, I will. I'm going to give it to you now. That uh, was that was that the awesome character had the potential to be a really a, 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 a douchebag kind of character, you know. And Ryan just in his own sort of non-douchebag way uh, just brought so much heart and such uh, sweetness to <laughs> it. Really yeah, no, and that's when you said, "Well, do I, am I in on a joke?" And you made a decision. I think on your own. I think to go like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. I, and I like these guys. And yeah. you, they don't threaten me. And you can call me whatever you want. And you just kind of, kind of be like, "Oh, come here, you." You know, you, you, know, you too. And it was like, and and you fell with this character. And so, um, you know, I, I think that now that you know, it's a little bit. You guys are in an interesting position right now. You're, you're yeah. No, yeah, it's like it's, it's yeah. diapers and yeah, but but with, with any story, you gotta you gotta kind of get sucked in by the lull uh, before all of a sudden the world is turned upside yeah, down. Yeah, the mundane. And I hope that's what's happening with Elliot and Austin sure because that's the the relationship of <laughs> no, dude, talk to, you're gonna be shooting machines. <laughs> But uh, but that's what uh, I mean, and without us, there's no stakes and there's no show. But besides that, uh, <laughs> and no apps, and no apps, no exactly. Apps, uh, no, but yeah, uh, I don't know how I'm answering a question that wasn't asked. I'm making up questions now to myself. <laughs> you, you actually did a great job of bringing it around. Yeah, thank you, appreciate thank that. You. Thank you. Remember that. We asked this to McKenna. Yeah. What did she say? She said, no. Oh, I like that girl. She said, you can't, you can't part the man with yeah. They're one. No, it's, it is tough. It is tough. Well, and this thing would actually fight back, I think, at this point. Um, that's a good question. I, I think, uh, I don't know, maybe I disagree with her. I think, this, I think it might be kind of crazy for her. So, maybe she wouldn't ask me, but if she did, I would do it. But what if you did something really terrible? The only way to get back to her good grace yeah. Yeah. Then you think Morgan would do it? Um, oof. See? 
I think, I think you know Morgan would do. He would do it halfway. So that's like, that. Yeah. Like no, first no, you go to the bathroom. Like, just half like, of go, it. Then, like, regret. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, go. Start it. I'm gonna do what I love. No, no. What's gonna happen? Is know, first, you're like, gonna come to Captain Awesome. I'll be like, we start with the chest. Okay. All oh, right. We'll right. share the chest. Right. He would teach me and the, then full, the say, full manscaping regime. And then, regime then she'll the shake her head and say, not good enough. Then you're going to go to the legs. Well, if we start, no, no, we <laughs> that would be a four-episode arc if we start shaving my body, by the way. Don't <laughs> quote me on that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Rewind that. Delete. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One more question. One more. One speaking, more question. speaking of Alex, Alex and Anna. Alex Morgan, Anna Morgan. Yeah. Um, the progression, the, the, mat- the maturity Again. of Morgan. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit yeah. more about the two ladies? Yeah, I mean, I think that they, it actually does, it's, it's perfect in that. I mean, there was, first of all, during the Anna years, um, Casey would have never uh, probably allowed that. Um, or, 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 um, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, there, that, that was, and again, that was, that was something that, at the time, that, really I feel like the there. writers felt like they needed to sort of, there was definitely like two separate shows going on, and it was sort of Morgan's job to kind of be this sort of, uh, you know, um, kind of propel, it was always a sort of uh, parallel to Chuck, you know, but in a sort of really bizarre, weird, vibrant way, you know, um, and Anna was, Anna was, you know, kind of kooky herself, right? And, and I know something. Are like, we still talking? Yeah, I mean, so, seriously. I, I was, you know, How long can this take you to answer? Because I'm. He's mature. He's mature. Okay. Mature, mature. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. Is that, uh, yeah, so it's, been, it's been a lot of fun to, to take that character down that road and, and kind of start here and, and be here. And it's been a lot of fun. I've seen girls that he's liked in the past in the real world and then his wife now. And it's funny how you've had the same arc. Finally matured and settled Art down. Art imitating life. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Pretty soon you'll be asking me about diaper duty. Ryan, Cubs or socks? Cubs. But I like the socks because I'm a suburbanite. The Cubs. Uh, are you gonna try to be in the Steve Bartman movie? Steve Bartman movie. Uh, are they making it now? Maybe. We'll see. I'll call my agent tomorrow. <laughs> All right, thank you. Guys, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So, what was the first thing you did when you got to Chicago? Uh, we checked into a rooms which were not ready. Yeah. Together? Uh, so, we all went to one. We, we have our own rooms. <laughs> okay, I hope so. <laughs> oh. Don't lie to the people. <laughs> Do you like the bathroom? <laughs> I, I haven't gotten in my bathroom yet. <laughs> and I've worn two um, at once. So, that's what we did, and then we were ushered here. So, thanks for bringing that up. The fact that we haven't seen Chicago yet, and we're stuck here. Ch- ch- <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, are you here for just today, or do you have to? We leave tomorrow morning. Yeah, we're oh. Night. Yeah. yeah we were, the funny thing is, we only work like sometimes we'll work you know two, one to three days an episode, and of course we're coming to Chicago on the Warner Brothers tab, and we worked Friday night, and then we're going to go back and work Monday. So Scott shot till three in the morning. Three in the morning last night. In the rain. Pickup was oh. what time? Uh, six six. They didn't need you? No, no, I'm unnecessary to the show. <laughs> I need to, I need to numb myself guy. later with a they few will. drinks. There you go. There you go. I am Chicago's too. Chicago's a great town for that, right? Right? I know. <laughs> Guess where I'm going after this now. What? What? 
Yes, novelist. Yeah, here, okay, here's my question, which is you guys, you guys seem to have a rapport in real life, uh, or you're, you're sort of semi-inhabiting your characters in the right. show. Yes. Uh, so I'm wondering, how much of the characters is based on, the, on your personalities that sort of develop over the course of the first uh, few episodes, or uh, how much of the characters were set when, when, when we began? There's no difference between Scott and Jeff. Um, <laughs> Disgusting. He's exactly it. No. Go ahead. No. Um, you know, I mean, it, I think uh, when we started, you know, I didn't realize how sort of deranged and, and uh, kind of mental and stuff Jeff was going to be. But, uh, you know, there's there's probably some dark side of all ourselves that, that uh, or at least that I bring to, to a character. So um, somewhere hidden underneath is a little bit of Jeff and then of course with the brilliant writing it all sort of fuses together yeah I think that when, I mean when we began there was nothing there was nothing really there um, little specks that you know there's like I've you know, said there's an alchemy that can happen when you put two people together we didn't know we met the first day of shooting and somehow it caught into some kind of oil fire um, <laughs> that uh <laughs> that is now spiraling right out of control, and they're in trouble. Um, so I, I think that's how it kind of all unfolded. Just by you know, I think, and I think that's true for the entire cast. That there was a sudden chemistry, a sudden you know, whatever you want to call it, that that was very unexpected. I was going to say, you know, it, it's it's funny because you can I don't think you can plan on that kind of chemistry and. And uh, you see it on other TV shows, and, and we get to, as actors, experience it. And, and I think it's just it's just pure luck that you have a cast like this and a show like this, and everything just comes together. And, and uh, you know, we have a lot of fun doing it, and the fans, you know, love it. And uh, it's been great. It's been great. Well, Chuck seems to have been one of those shows where, you know, it's, it's always uncertain. People are wondering if it's coming back or, you know, save our show kind of thing. Do you guys, is it, do you feel that on the set or do you, is that like allow you to be pretty free if you, you know, not sure about the future? Or? I don't even, for me, that's not, I don't even consider that to be anywhere. I mean, obviously that's on the periphery of what our lives are, but I, for me, that's not at all in my job description. You know, I got to go in and just bite into Lester and be Lester and when I get to do that it's I mean, I mean we're in that I'm in that bubble and that's all that matters that's all that counts execute go crazy jump off the cliff um, outside of that yeah there's always that, that kind of trepidation but not on set I don't feel it on set do you? I mean uh, you do yeah, you no, really no, no, no. <laughs> um, no you know it's interesting like I think you know, you sort of felt it a lot that, that first season where there was a writer's strike and then the second season we were lucky enough to come back and then but um, now being fourth season I, I it's, you feel so gracious and you know, so much gratitude it's like you get to be back here we are fourth season like we've made it four seasons of, and we supposedly had to worry about coming back and here we are and so um, I guess in a weird way I'd say we're kind of used to it which is amazing because that means we've come this far to to kind of be in that state of mind where we're used to dealing with that and I'm sure we'll be in that it seems like we're in that position again you know waiting to hear about it it's true who knows what would happen if suddenly they said okay we're renewing you for two more seasons and we had kind of an endless scroll maybe we would 
careen out of control or something. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, we are used to that kind of attrition, I guess. And I think it's it's probably been the part of how they've told the story because every season they thought this could be yeah, the, this could maybe first. be the finale. So maybe it's, it's pushed the story along a little quicker than it might have had they known that they would always keep going from season to season. So your favorite team, we'll have to see. We can't we can't get this going. Yeah. Lure us. Wow. <laughs> what does BM mean to you? I like to have the love interest. Will we see Susanna again? I mean, I know you guys have a lot of We have one minute and then we need to rotate. Will she come back for you? Well, for me, yes. Oh, no. Um, you know, I don't know. If she specifically will come back, I really think that Lester, and I've said this for a long time now, is in dire need of love. That's why I like him. Because he cannot, the one thing he needs more than anything, his actions prevent the most. He's a jagged, off-putting fellow uh, with a big vacuum of neglect in him. And I'll do the insulting. (laughs) Um, You don't need to contribute to the hell that is his life. Um, So, you know, if if somebody could get a hold of him and hug him, he would have that, you know, that that goodwill hunting moment where they're like, it's not your fault. He's like, I know, it's not your fault. I know. And then he would break and melt and obviously become a beautiful angel of a boy. I hope it happens. That we all know and love. Yeah, we all know and love. And we're back. And boy, I these guys either have to come to Toronto sometime, or I got to go to one of these conventions because I'm I'm definitely missing out. You are Gray. Yeah. You need to come. Yeah, sadly, Comic Con's not going to happen this year. So sometime. But we do have a Chuck episode to discuss: Chuck versus the murder. <laughs> I still think it's psych every time. Uh-huh. Good time. And uh now that murdered <laughs> Nobody I was expecting somebody to say, say it that, that way every time. Probably. Uh, but I I was expecting somebody to actually say it that way in the episode and nobody did. But I guess it was just inside joke with the murder thing from other shows, but um It was a, it was a, it was a pretty good episode, I would say um I, I think that for me personally, I've been, I've had my expectations set so high now with these bottle episodes that I expected this to be just like Chuck versus the Beard last year, which was an absolutely epic episode, or just like the Christmas episode the the previous um, year. And I mean, it was it was a fine episode. It was entertaining. Um, some there were a few pretty great scenes. In there, I didn't think it was necessarily the strongest of the season, but what what did you guys think of it? It was okay. You know, I'd probably give it a 7 out of 10. It wasn't fantastic, but it, like you said, it had some pretty good scenes in it. I loved the ending. Oh, loved yeah. The last, what, three or five minutes? Mm-hmm. Holy cow! 
Yeah. I, um, I, you know, it appealed to me because it was a mystery. It was a murder mystery. And I love those. I don't care if they're, if they're fantastic. I don't care if they drive you nuts on the edge of your seat. Who done it? I don't care if it's cheese. I don't care if it's ham. I, I, I just love it. Um, you know, not knowing who did it. Yeah. And it was always changing every time somebody thought they had it figured out that person turned up dead. <laughs> now, did either of you figure out that it was Damien? Did either no. of you know? Do you know what? I? There was something in the promo where it was just a split second, but I I thought even from the promo that he was the guy. Now, it, I, I, I could be wrong, but um, I just had that in my mind from, from the beginning. I didn't see that coming. I mm -hmm. honestly, I thought it was a test of Chuck's leadership abilities. I thought nobody was actually dying because they never checked. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no brain matter. And we know from Morgan that that's required. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought up until, oh gosh, like the last 15 minutes, I was still thinking this was just a test. Kobayashi Maru. How, exactly. <laughs> just to see how he handled being uh being in charge mm -hmm. that's know? interesting actually it's really interesting i, I could I see how you would been, think that i think it would have been cooler if they had gone that route uh-huh however we wouldn't have had that really um moving scene with director bentley oh yeah that was my favorite scene of the, well one of the, my two favorite that and the end scene with ellie mm -hmm. um that was awesome that was really nice especially because i was thinking going in They've and and somebody even actually mentioned in the last episode. Well, they've done the bomb thing before, which they they didn't. The apple juice thing, I think, was definitely different than previous bomb scenes before. But I was thinking as they as as they were going, they were looking at the bomb. How are they going to do this differently? Mm -hmm. And they did it really, really well. Yeah. yeah, and I think audience perception of Bentley just turned on a dime with that scene. Oh yeah, you know she has. In the chat room, she was getting a lot of um, epithets thrown her way. <laughs> Nobody liked her. They're saying, kill her next, kill her next. <laughs> and, you know, she just, well, she's not a likable character. She hadn't been a likable character. She was an antagonist. And that moment when she was willing to sacrifice herself was a tremendous moment for her as a character. And yeah. in, in a very Chuck way, she didn't have to, you know, he, he hotwired it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we saw a little bit her being a little human there for the first time, showing her fear when when no one was around. Mm -hmm. You know, she was she was afraid. It was good. I liked it. Here was a bomb that Chuck couldn't uh, deactivate. Here, oh, good point. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, he could have if he With had more time. time. Yeah. He didn't have time, so they just let the thing blow up, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I was surprised that I was surprised at, at who the killer was and his reasons for it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I didn't. Well, yeah, do you think Vivian really was behind it? I well, mean, yeah. or did the lawyer, did Riley arrange the whole thing in her name? Because I could see him doing that. Yeah, I could definitely see him doing that to set them against her. And yeah. polarize it more. Because mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, what is it that she didn't really know her father and Chuck didn't do anything awful to her, really? 
to, I mean, not. Yeah, not killing him off. Had enough to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something more to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think. Ray Weiss is the devil. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now, going all the way back to the beginning, I really liked how they had Chuck handling this promotion. Um, And Casey and Sarah kind of just humoring him. Mm hmm. No, I think he deserved to be a little bit cocky, a little bit, you know, have a little pride in his abilities after diffusing a nuclear bomb with a box of apple juice. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I thought I thought he was due a little strutting, and it was kind of cute to see Sarah and Casey just, you know, okay, you, you go right ahead. But then when the chips were down, they really pulled together, and we had that really cool moment at the end when Chuck said, you know. I'm I'm not the only intersect. It's the three of us together. Yeah, that was a nice makes moment. Work. Yeah, that was and good. Then, and there was Casey with his bunk and cookies again. <laughs> <laughs> I like how while. Chuck I like how Chuck kept on saying, I'm in charge. I'm in, I command you. I command you. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. Oh, Chuck. He still has a little bit to learn there. Yeah. But and what did you guys think of the four new checks? Um, I th- they were uh, they were just a little too um hammy for me, in the sense that uh, they was these were supposed to be um, agents, and mm-hmm. they they were just a little bit too um, broad. Broad, yeah, yeah, a little bit. I did think that um the reaction to brody the broadster Mm -hmm. was pretty funny um you know when he first walked in and sarah's like what Mm -hmm. you know kind of the reaction she had when she first saw chuck when she was first getting to know that that nerd that was kind of a neat callback Mm -hmm. and the fact that chuck was just so enamored of him was amusing but yeah they were a little expendable yeah and just over the top characters like not not uh, believable as as spies. I think they could have maybe just split the difference, like maybe halfway to that, but keep them as as believable spies. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I think they were four parts of a whole. If you think about it, Chuck has all four of those people as part of his personality. All four of those those types of of people are in him. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah. Which is why he to see them split out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that's why he got each one of them. You know, he totally understood each one of them, and it was so hard to make a decision. You know, mm-hmm. cut one out, you or cut three out, and you're like cutting off part of himself. It's pretty interesting. I don't know. I didn't really. Was, I was more into the murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trying you to know. figure it out. And what was going on with the buy more? <gasps> Can you imagine the writer's room <laughs> when they're coming up with all those BM jokes? Oh, my yeah. gosh. They must have been giggling into their sandwiches. Uh-huh. Well, apparently, from what Joshua Gomez said at C2E2, there was a lot, a lot more joking going on than what we saw. Uh-huh. I bet. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they were doing all of that just completely straight-faced. And, you know, in context, it all made sense. But the whole time, you're like, oh, 
can't believe they just did that. Yeah. Now that had to have been the outfit that Mark mm-hmm. Christopher Lawrence teased us about, Mel. Yeah, I think so. I can't imagine anything worse. <laughs> I can't either. He told us when we were in LA a couple of weeks ago when we went to his comedy show that he had an outfit coming up that we were gonna that was what we were gonna think was really cool or you know, we were gonna be really, really surprised by or something. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, just telling us to watch for Big Mike and wearing something really different. And oh, Robin told us the same thing. Mm-hmm. They had, yeah. had a lot of fun with that. So it was the giant VM. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. But, but then Kevin Bacon. Kevin, I was just gonna say, <laughs> you know, I don't know what was what was wrong with me. I, I, I was distracted while I was watching this show, so I didn't even get it at first that they were calling the pig Kevin Bacon. Uh-huh. It totally blew right past me. And when I finally got it, oh, my gosh. I'm like, did they just call the pig Kevin Bacon? I, I actually thought that they that there was going to be a Kevin Bacon cameo. That would have been really funny. Uh-huh. I went out looking on Twitter to see if he had an account. Uh-huh. Because, and, you know, because I was thinking, you know, he's probably wondering, what's that? <laughs> Twitter just blew up about Kevin Bacon. Uh-huh. He so, he's oblivious, I think. Uh-huh. But and you, you think know, it would count in the seven in the six degrees of Kevin Bacon game? Yeah, hmm. I think so. Okay. And you know, my son cracked up because he he became a Kevin Bacon fan through was that Tremors? Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, stupidest yes. movie ever! I'm sorry, I can't stand it. It's uh-huh. awful. And my son loves it. He watches uh-huh. it over and over and over again. But he, I mean, to him, this is this is his ground zero. This movie. There was, you know, any movie that was made before Tremors or after Tremors, you know, he's, you know, oh, that movie was three years before Tremors was made. Or, <laughs> oh, that one was, that one was four years after oh Tremors came out. Oh, boy. And Kevin Bacon is, you know, he just loves Kevin Bacon. So to see that, you know, they named the pig Kevin Bacon. Well, he just rolled. With uh-huh. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was pretty good. <laughs> Yeah. So what did you think about that uh, Ellie scene when she gets scanned and cool. it identifies her and then opens Agent X-Files? X-Files. Yeah, I got the X-Files reference right away. Well, I don't, I don't get that. What do you think happened? Obviously, it identified her. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, somehow. but... And then access some secret files now way back in the second episode of season one chuck was referred to as patient x yeah so is he also i mean is is he agent x in this case and and also and and i forget who said it but um it does make sense that because she's been working on this laptop for a while including her first time through where she made those improvements but obviously she she had to trigger something, get to a certain level, so to speak, before mm-hmm. this would happen. So it does seem like it was set up by their dad. Mm-hmm. But what is the question? I don't know. I do know that episode 22 is Chuck versus Agent X. Interesting. So that's the title. Yeah. Mm. So I assume we'll be finding out. And what, is it, what was the number of this one? 19. 19. So 
oh three like three the third after this. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So there's going to be some developments in between now and then. Well, Liz just told us that Ellie gets in some trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Big trouble. So. And they're keeping this from Chuck. Awesome yeah. is keeping this from Chuck. See, I thought when he was first messing with that, I thought, I don't think he actually switched that hard drive. Mm-hmm. But it's awesome. I mean, he when does he ever do anything covert? Oh, yeah. now. <laughs> Starting now. So now he and, Ellie have, he and Ellie have a covert op running now. Yeah. Well, I mean, above all, Ellie is his universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, for for the sake of his family and, and also because she's so concerned about Clara in, in this research, potentially helping Clara and yeah. and he sees what this and, means to her. And she feels like she's closer to her father. Yeah. He knows how important that would be for her. Yeah. But to and keep she, it from Chuck, why? Because she thinks that Chuck is out of the spy game and she doesn't want him back in it again. So right. she's going to see if she could take care of this by herself without him, without involving him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah exactly yeah so but did she actually without without actually saying the word she figured out that she has the schematics for an intersect right uh well she doesn't know it's an intersect but for basically she said it's it's for um putting information into a brain without learning it right so she doesn't know the scope of it and she doesn't know like all all the things that are in the intersect but she's starting to get that part part of it anyway maybe that's what feedback meant when he said other people will find out about check not that he's a spy but that he's the intersect mm-hmm. that, yeah ellie could find that out and because does Devin know no i don't think he, don't does, think he does does he i don't think so Ab- about the intersect well he's yeah. seen him flash before yeah but was it ever really explained what was happening because if you just see a guy, hmm. you know, a person go, uh, you know, he might, yeah. he's a medical guy. He probably thought he was having a slight stroke or. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Devin and then he was really fine. Knows. And somebody, somebody will tweet to us and say, what yeah. it was this episode? But thanks. Thanks in advance. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I don't remember there ever being a time when I know that Morgan knows because Chuck told him everything. Mm hmm. And I, I remember at the time we were talking about that. That was interesting because Awesome knew that Chuck was a spy first, but he didn't know about the intersect. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that there's ever been an occasion where Chuck was able to tell him about the intersect or would need to. Yeah. Interesting. Well, definitely. I mean, this this sets up. I mean, this is almost to the level of when uh, Chuck found that underground room. Yeah. Where it just, it's like real hint of exciting things to come. Mm-hmm. And I really like that it's Ellie that's involved. Mm-hmm. It, this time we're getting into her. And yeah. it gives Sarah Lancaster an excuse to sit behind a computer a lot. <laughs> own real life pregnancy develops. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see uh, her cute little baby bump this time? Yes. <laughs> it's so cute. Um, I like that Bentley kind of told Chuck, don't, you know, don't um leave ellie out she's a smart girl and basically told him you get you know you guys together could be and you know an awesome force i i agree i think you know because because ellie is smart let's use that Mm -hmm. yeah but he just can't get out of that protective mode he well and neither can she 
they're right. both it's funny because they're it's both the o henry o henry story yeah yeah let's see cool. so i guess that's a good place to end up the discussion of chuck versus i'm gonna say it one more time murder <laughs> you just like saying that i do okay one more time murder <laughs> We need Gus to come on the show. Uh huh. He could scream like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great crossover, wouldn't you think? Yeah. Chuck versus Psych. Now we are going to move into our sponsor messages, and I'm really excited to announce that there's a new sponsor. And this sponsor is very near and dear to my heart because um, I actually used to work with them a few years ago in pioneering one of the first um, DVR recorders uh, available for the Macintosh. And uh, and so they make little devices that look like this. Actually, there's a, a number of different types, but I'm, I have a prop this week. And this this is uh, the ITV250. And what what this does is it actually turns your Macintosh computer into a virtually unlimited DVR. So you basically, you can hook your, your cable into here or an antenna into here, or you can hook your cable box with a cable like this. Um, and there's other versions that can, that can actually uh, uh, record high definition. And they're very, very inexpensive, a lot cheaper than buying a DVR that can record. And you can basically have a DVR that you can edit out the commercials, you can export to your um, mobile device, you can actually um, have it export and, and you can stream it to wherever you are on the road. Um, you can do a number of cool things with them. You can burn DVDs from the stuff that you have. And again, almost unlimited, um, hard drives are cheap. So you could have a, a 10 terabyte DVR probably for less than you'd pay for a 500, um, gig DVR from the store. So very, very cool. Elgato.com. Uh, is a new sponsor of our podcast. Proud to welcome them. And for the rest of the sponsors, we're going to roll them and make sure that uh, before the, spo the spoilers, if you don't want to hear the spoilers, just pull out your headphones. But if you do want to want to hear the spoilers, just roll on through. But until next time, we'll be back in two weeks. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. And we want to thank the rest of our sponsors ielabs.com, makers of the award-winning ActionBlue AVCHD conversion software, which authors full HD videos on regular DVD discs. It even works with HD clips from the iPhone and the new iPad 2. You can get your free trial of the software at ielabs.com. We also want to thank the Movie Morons podcast at moviemorons.com. They are actually highly intelligent and talk about new movies, classic movies, and movies that you may not have even heard of but are worth a trip to the video store to find, and even interview filmmakers and authors, moviemorons.com. And last but not least, serienjunkies.de. Hello, this is Christina Caramel from Serien Junkies TV. Are you addicted to TV shows? Be our guests and learn the latest news and reflections on what's going on in the world of TV series. Well, our show is in German, but maybe you want to drop in anyway? Then visit www.serienjunkies.de and watch out for our video podcast. See you. Spoiler warning.
And we're back with spoilers. Mel, what have you got for us? We have just a little bit of spoiler information this week. E-Online has a bit of news about Chuck episode 4.23. Chuck versus the last details is what it's going to be titled. This is the one that airs right before the season finale. And our old friend Sadie's at it again. She sends in a question, says, Chuck Scoop. Well, E-Online has the scoop on episode 23, Chuck versus Last Details. Our favorite engaged couple are putting the finishing touches on their big day while working on opposite sides of the planet. Chuck's going to be running a mission in a Colombian prison, while Sarah is off somewhere speaking Korean. So she's either in North or South Korea or, you know, maybe just L.A.'s Koreatown. Will our favorite spies make it to the altar in time? Probably have to wait until the last possible minute to find out. But does anybody doubt that the long, long, long away to check Sarah Union is going to be amazing and completely worth the wait? So that's what little bit we've got for episode 423. Check for ah, details. Mm-hmm. So there may or may not be a wedding. Well, that's 23 yeah. and it's going to 24, right? Yes. This is the penultimate episode of the season. Mm-hmm. So, but it's interesting. Chuck's going to be running a mission in a Colombian prison. Interesting. Yeah. Very, very cool. Que bueno. Well, he's proven himself, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we talked about before, the next new episode of Chuck airs Monday, April 4th, and we don't have um, any anything besides the title for you. It's going to be called Chuck versus the Family Volkoff. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Well, we saw from the little spoiler bit that they showed at C2E2, which you can find at ChuckTV.net, that um, Volkov himself is back. And, of Mm -hmm. course, Vivian's out to get Chuck. He feels better. Mm. (laughs) I don't believe him. That is promising. Yes. Yeah, lots of cool stuff. So we we have uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. That's uh, five. Yeah, five more episodes. What are, what are you trying to do? <laughs> Math. Um, so five more episodes, including that one. And we have some pretty big mythology to get through and wedding stuff and Volkov stuff. So it's going to be a packed number of episodes. You were warned. So that's all we got. And we'll see you next time. Well, you'll see us, but you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> See you, Chuck's ears. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>